Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? That's right, Joker. The automatic fuse extinguisher in my Batgirl utility belt will forever keep you from putting me into orbit. Yvonne Craig, Batgirl, 1960s Batman television series. Hey everyone and welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show dedicated to everything Batman from a group of tight-knit friends from all across the world who happen to be passionate Batman fans. Um, It has been a very rough week for the world of Batman fans. We have lost two people who have brought the positive world of Batman to life for so many. Leonard Robinson, aka the Route 29 Batman, has passed away this week. Lenny was a superhero impersonator who made a decent living from a cleaning business that he started and would invest money into modifying cars to turn them into Batmobiles along with buying Batman suits. He would drive to hospitals in the area of Baltimore to visit children and cheer them up as Batman. Lenny gained worldwide recognition through the internet when a police video of him being pulled over went viral. The cops could be seen taking pictures with the big hearted guy in the cow. And there are now reports that a dark cover with the Dark Knight insignia was placed over his casket when he was laid to rest. This week we also lost our beloved Batgirl, Avon Craig, from the Batman television show in the 1960s. She was a ballet dancer who would become the first Batgirl on screen and ultimately an inspiration to many women of her era, and even today. She has paved the way for female superheroes and was the first crush to countless people. The yellow tassels on her background motorcycle reflect a little lower now, but she will definitely and always be the definitive Batgirl. So here is to you, Batgirl and the Route 29 Batman, never forgotten. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Bat Force Radio. Batfan Forever here, reminding you, don't forget to go out and grab your Smilex products. Whether it be soap, shampoo, or ointments, With Smilex, you'll get a grin again and again. (laughs) If anybody is interested in checking out the um, the pictures of the studio tour, the Batman seventy five studio tour from Warner Brothers, uh, you go on Instagram and you go hashtag Batforce goes to Batman seventy five. And there's about 49, uh, yeah, about 49 posts. I think they're not all ours, though, but people started jumping on the hashtag. But most of those pictures are all of the tour uh, that were taken from in person of all the cowls and the masks. So you can check that out on, on the old Instagram. That was a year ago when I went on that Damn, tour. Damn, a year. I, can't believe, I just can't get over. We've been going for right? a year. No squinting needed. All right. Keep my eyes open for that one. She's, go, she's going now. Bye. All right. Bye, Kelly. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you, too. Oh, my God. Can <laughs> oh. we record that? We can kind of do whatever I, whatever we want. I, we're adults. So I just realized that. I think about that a lot sometimes. Sometimes someone's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Or my wife's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> and then I stop and I think, like, oh, I can't do that. But then I'm like, hang on. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm an adult. There's no parents around. Jesus. Fuck. Yeah.
That's what I think. And then you know, you know what I do after that? Have another cookie. Because she said I can only have one. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm having a second. You can't have two cookies. And then I'll be like fucking frown. I'm like, yeah, I can't have two cookies. But then I'm like, wait, wait hold, hold on. You're not real. This is this isn't even reality. You're you're a figment of my imagination. You know, like there's no. And I have another cookie. Here we go with the M and M's. Jesus Christ. That's like that oh, should be your sense. intro music, Rich. <laughs> should just be like a bag of M and M's just crinkling. That way everyone knows who the fuck's here. The thing about Rich, I love this shit. Robo Rich uh, on Instagram. We have to tell Robo Rich like while we're recording, bro. While we record, like just don't eat anything and like don't watch TV. That was him playing uh, Elder Scrolls or some shit. Rich wants to do anything else except for be on the podcast when we're recording the podcast. <laughs> I know. He's, he's always <laughs> like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. We get on it. He did that, and then he forgot that we had a podcast because he got high. Hey. <laughs> Batman, Elder. Uh, wow. I was about to say Elder Worlds figure. <laughs> What the uh, fuck is wrong with me? Hey, Gotham, my gas yeah. lamp elder world figure. Grandpa <laughs> Batman approves you. Gotham by Gaslight Else Worlds figure. Comparison side by side shot with Homer. What's Homer's Instagram name? But it's funny because it looks fucking just like him. I think that, I think that, I think that might be a shout out this weekend. A free <laughs> chicken ball shout I think out. Is, I think this is going to be a Sunday genuine free greasy chicken ball shout out. Real <laughs> beauty. Okay, so really quick, Christopher Drake film music credits uh, credits. Uh, so he did Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. He did Batman: Under the Red Hood. He did Batman: Gotham Knight, the animated film. He did Superman, Batman, hmm. Public Enemies, the animated film. Uh, he did Justice League, Crisis on uh, Crisis on it was I don't think it's called Crisis on um, Earth. Infinity Earth. Yeah, Justice yes, League yeah. Doom as well. He did actually Justice did. League Doom. Uh, he did. He did a couple of good ones for uh, animated Hellboy as well. Yeah, Imagine. Blood and Iron, uh, Sword of Storms. He did All Star Superman, the uh, animated. He did Batman Year One animated. Uh, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights animated. Jesus Christ! Long story short, I'm at a party on Saturday, and this is a house party. Of one of my close friends. Um, it was her birthday, so you know she invited everybody over to her house. Uh, she lives in uh, L.A., so we get down there, having a couple of margaritas, yeah, as one does, you know, just saucing it up. <laughs> and uh, one of my best friends uh, that I've known, uh, I was he was actually the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. Getting to talking, and he's a trainer. He's a fitness trainer, personal trainer, and working at a gym. And uh, one of the clients that he sees, uh, he's ta- he's telling me about him. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got this client, and you know, he's a film, he's a mu- music composer." And uh, I was joking with him, saying that we should probably listen to some of his music while we work out. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it'd kind of be fitting, you know, especially the Batman stuff." And then obviously he knows how into Batman we are, and he's like, "Oh really? What, what did you compose of Batman?" Not knowing at all who his client. I mean, he's been training him for probably weeks and not even knowing what he really does. And he goes, oh, I did The Dark Knight Returns and Arkham Origins. Wow. And so he tells me, he's like, Damn. hey, uh, do you know who Christopher Drake is? And I go, I would have gone over backwards. I was, uh, I think like I was grabbing him by the shoulder and I was like just screaming like, do you know what this means? <laughs> <laughs> and just repeating that over and over again. And uh, so hopefully with that connection, um, we can maybe possibly get him on a future episode. That'd um, be amazing. A couple of, a few, just a few words, just a few words at the very least. Five minutes of your time, sir. 
Um, just kind of golden. <laughs> if anything, if anything, just a, just a little toast, just to give him a toast to his freaking dude. This guy, I mean, alone, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns score alone is fantastic. But then you throw in, you know, the Red Hood, Gotham Knight, Public Arkham Enemies, Origins. Jesus, Arkham Origins. It just goes on and on. I mean, this guy doesn't fucking would, would it call, would you calm down, Christopher Drake? His yeah. Oh man, that'd be so good to have him on. I like to listen to music, sir. Do you like music? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like music. <laughs> I like music as well. I listen to music, drink tea, eat some scones. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Can you the Queen? I'm British. <laughs> I don't know what else, what else you guys would say, but um, what I like, like once we get guests rolling on this thing, yeah. you know what's fucking? That's something that anyone can talk about. Is where are you from? And wherever you're from, what would you recommend for someone visiting that area? Where would you recommend they go and eat if they go there? Everyone's got something like that, no matter who you are. <laughs> I love Carlos. Awesome. Yo, Brooklyn. Pizza. Real nice pizza, I bet. Dog, quick, quick sidebar of New York pizza. I grew up in California, and yeah. we have pizza, yeah. but we don't have fucking New York pizza. And uh, I've... You know, when you're a little kid, you watch Ninja Turtles, and they're all eating pizza, so you want to eat pizza. So when I was a kid, by default, my favorite – my still is. My favorite food is pizza, and it just kind of went, continued. And uh, I ate pizza all my fucking life, all kinds of pizza from everywhere, you know, little mom-and-pop shops, chains, Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever. Um, and all my life was, like, my favorite thing. Never been to New York. Went to New York about four years ago, and I remember just getting off of – the plane and getting into town and then going and I think like the first one we went to is uh, Grimaldi's. Is that a, that's a popular one in in uh, uh, Manhattan? I think it's Grimaldi's. Um, so we had that the first night. That was really good. But then I remember like what really struck me is we're just walking around and I don't even remember the name of the place. But I'm like, hey, let me go and get a slice of pizza real quick. Just walk in, not knowing anything about this place, just buying a slice of pizza, pepperoni, just standing there, taking a bite into it. And it fucking hits me. I'm like, this is the best slice of pizza I've ever had in my life. And my entire life, Chicago, <laughs> my whole life, <laughs> my whole life, yeah. I've been eating pizza and I, and I've, I've never really eaten real pizza. I've been eating shit and I didn't know it until this moment. I'm eating actual pizza because everything else is fucking shit compared to that. Like the quality, I don't, just can't, I can't describe the quality of it is so much higher than anything else. That I ever had hot dogs too. I like the hot dog. Fucking so out of out of cart. Just a fucking hot dog from a cart. No, oh, that's Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, they got like tables. It's a it's a bloody delicacy over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like, dude. Fucking Pizza Hut for the British people out there. From what Chag says, it's like the fucking Taco Bell from Demolition Man, where it's like the last restaurant on earth, and everyone gets all dressed up and shit to go to it. It's, yeah, it's you like, do. I'd like to invite you to go to Taco Bell. It's like yeah. Taco Bell. Yes, Taco Bell. All right, let's go to Taco Bell. I mean, it's good, I guess. <laughs> you don't really get much from me. It's shit food, but like, you got something to do, I got to go with you, you know? They actually changed the name in the UK from Pizza Hut to Pasta Hut because uh, they said pizza was too fatty. Pasta's so much better. Yeah, but then it went back to Pizza Hut, <laughs> rightfully so as well. But yeah, it's yeah. a real nice delicacy. you got a salad bar and, you know, you get free refills. God bless him. God bless him. Yeah. Help yourself. What is it? <laughs> yeah, there's a full salad bar and a full pizza bar. 
Maybe it's yeah. just in California then. I think it's just in California. Out here, <laughs> P- like like Pizza Hut is a fucking hole in the wall now. And, and you, you don't go in to sit down and eat pizza. You just order it and they bring it to you. That's because we're so fucking fat. That's why. Jesus fuck, man. No, you but don't. I mean, it's like, that's the funny thing is like Pizza Hut, why would you go to one? They bring it to you. Fucking fat fucks. Tom, the, to- yeah, Tom, ben, the, to- the tone of your voice, Tom, is like my video slamming the microwave door. I can feel your frustration. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... If you if you live someplace that has actual good pizza, then you don't even consider going to Pizza Hut or Domino's. 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 What the hell is Domino's? Fucking Domino's. Domino's is fucking gross, dude. I go to I go to Tomino's. <laughs> Tomino's. Tomino's. They serve you fucking uh, fried uh, macaroni and cheese balls and whiskey. So it's like. Uh, the thing about In-N-Out is there's a ton of burger places here, not just In-N-Out, so you can kind of compare it. But In-N-Out is so good because, again, the quality, like, it's so fresh. The meat, you can tell, has, like, never been frozen. You could fucking tell when you bite into that thing that this motherfucking cow was alive yesterday, you know? This cow this cow was getting fucking tipped by Robo Rich yesterday. This fucking cow. She's doing everything. <laughs> Such a badass. <laughs> uh, uh, nah, nah, nah. It's the motherfucking rich old bee. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, yeah, in and out it's I think it's a combination of the meat, uh, the cheese, the quality of the cheese and the way it melts on top of that meat. Uh, just oozing. Cheese is oozing. Oh, the, um, then you got the Thousand Island spread that you got you can't go wrong there. And I like I personally like uh, I like both. I like the raw onions and I also like the grilled onions that you can get on that. So the common it's a tomato. The onion, the cheese. I'm fucking fat. Tomato. Guys. Jesus Christ. Tomato. It's tomato. Ugh, that's awesome. Not tomato. Oh, here we go. That's tomato. tomato. Yeah, it's ketchup. Tomato sauce. Tomato. Tomato, tomato sauce. Tomato. Tomato ketchup. Piss off. I call, you. I call it twat water sauce. Here we go. The fucking Brit. <laughs> twat sauce. <laughs> twat sauce. Put it in a stew. Hey, uh, Tom. Yeah. Yes, mate? Go oh, on, I was just going to ask Tom. Um, the the bun, do they toast it or do they oh. just put it on? Let me, let me Jesus go. Scott. What the bring fuck? Bring it in real close, right? Is it, close. Are we really recording this? Oh yeah. Hey bro, people want to listen. People people want to know oh about it now. Oh, wow. People want to know. He talked about the meat, he talked about the cheese, he talked about the tomato, not tomato. It's tomato, not tomato. Twatwato. Yeah. <laughs> this is the yeah. I'm just curious. This is the Fat Man and Pizza segment. We started with we started with Batman scores. Who's on the pizza? (laughs) Somehow we got from Batman film scores to pizza and In and Out. Oh, how the fuck? I don't remember. I don't even want to go back and try it. But uh, Scott, yes, the butt. You know what? I I'm sorry. That is a very important part of the process that I neglected to put in. You're absolutely right, Scott. They do toast the buns. And the buns are very fresh. You don't think you don't think that it matters a lot, but it does. Well, because you know? I mean, some places put a nice little uh, butter on the on oh, the yeah, top of the bun. Food connoisseur Scott. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> we we should definitely get an interview with um, an In and Out manager and go through the process. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do while we're wearing like a Bat Force polo too. I'm going to start like, where, the fucking microwave in a minute. He's like, where is this interview going? Uh, we're a Batman podcast. Why uh, Why are you interviewing me? <laughs> well, we eat fucking food. That's why. Tell me about yeah, your fucking product. We man. want to know if the fucking buns are toasted, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, blokes. 
This is Batman Villains, a.k.a. The Trunkler. Keep that shit locked on Bat Force Radio. Hey, guys. Um, Yvonne Craig, man. Batgirl. 1966 TV show. Dude, you, yeah. like, <sighs> we've lost too many Bat Legends this week, man. That's sad. Yeah, it's been a rough week. And this is... This is typical, you know, modern society, and it's it's very sad. <clears throat> but I bet you that statue that's coming out of her, the pre-orders just tripled. Uh, I got mine. Absolutely. I thought, I thought... Uh, you know, that's a just a great piece, regardless if I'm not, she died I'm not or didn't. You, dude. I, yeah. When I saw that thing in person at San Diego, I'm not, I, I'm not even that huge of a 66 fan. I saw it and I was like, I need to fucking have that. That is yeah. fucking amazing looking. Yeah, it is. It really is. Just the suit, like sparkles and like, you can, the pictures don't do it justice, man. Like, it just looks so good. And goddamn it, she looked. She was so fucking hot. <laughs> we saw reruns, right? We saw the reruns on TV. Yeah. In the, in the 80s. My first bad boner was Vicky Vale, of course, at at the ripe old age of. Two years and uh, eleven months. <laughs> well, we um, we've been having a lot of comments pouring over in the Bat Force uh, Instagram feed about people talking about uh, Yvonne Craig Batgirl being one of their first, I guess, on television crushes and whatnot. So she was very popular, and I think Dude, she was looked up upon as a role model as well for young women. She kicks so much ass, and you know you got fucking Robin still standing there with his thumb yeah. in his asshole. She, <laughs> she actually did her ass. stunts and everything. Well, it was interesting on Twitter today as the as the news started getting out more and more, and uh, I saw this one guy tweet a 1973 commercial starring her, Adam West, and I believe Burt Ward, um, and Batman and Robin were tied up in a you know, tied up against this pole, and there was a bomb about to explode, of course. And Batgirl comes in, and they're to save the day, and they're like, Batgirl, save the day! And the point of the commercial was uh, an equal equal wage for women law that went into effect in 1973. So it was kind of cool that, you know, they reprised their roles as Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, but she was also a voice for, uh, you know, the women of her generation, mm-hmm. right? Like a poster were... child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They were, uh, so Ralph Garman, who's the co-host of Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith. He also does his main gig is like, a, he's a radio, he's a radio DJ here in LA. And he was saying in his like showbiz beat today that, um, she was pro- she was probably the first live action female superhero, like in the forefront of, uh, our, our culture, you know, uh, American culture of seeing a female superhero on, in the flesh, like as a role model for like young girls and women on television. That and oh man, I can't get, I just can't get over that tweeter head statue, man. It like, I think it just the the pose that she's in and the and the face and the sculpt, it like perfectly encaptures what she looked like and like her personality. She's yeah, the first I person I I think of when you say bad girl. It definitely ain't fucking Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was awful. Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. Oh, my God. So brutal. I, I always love the look of the old Batgirl. That's, yeah. Well, she had an awesome motorcycle. Suit. Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. And I love her little, um, how, what do you call it, when 
the wall would rotate, displaying her bat suit and her old getup and what. That was really cool. What I thought was kind of clever in the '66 series was that Bruce Wayne and and Robin in that series they didn't even know her identity. I remember right. there was an episode, I think it was called like Londonarium or something like that. Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson had gone to London to investigate. It was something about a fog. Barbara Gordon just happened to be there at the same time. And then Batgirl just happened to be there at the same time. And they were both like, well, how did she get here? <laughs> but she always showed up. And she's She bailed them out of the trouble that they always seemed to get in. Yeah, they were pretty horrible. <laughs> I set a goal for myself to meet uh, Julie Newmore now. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, after this blow, I'm just like, uh, I got to try any, at least. Does she do anything? She does. Yeah, she does. Mm. I'm not, I think she does man. them all the time, but I know she, she does here and there. Yeah, she's pretty active. Hey, guys, let's talk real quick about um, Lenny Robinson, man. The, what do they call him? The Baltimore, Baltimore Batman? What was he like? Route 29 Batman? Yeah, Route 29. Route 29. Oh, the guy that goes, that, well, that passed away, that he would go to all the uh, hospitals for the kids and shit, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, he that's got, a bummer. Yeah, he got famous because I guess he was speeding on that Route 29 and got pulled over. Yeah. Like, he's on the cop video and they're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> But then, yeah, because uh, I've seen that YouTube, or I've seen it on YouTube, and uh, the cops are like, hey, man, can I get a picture of you? And one of them's <laughs> even doing the, the na 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 Batman, <laughs> and the guy's in there posing, and it's really cool, and especially, you know, taking their time, and... Well, he just you know, did um, that all, all himself. He, I think he, oh, yeah. he was a self-made, you know, businessman, and he just, he loved Batman and wanted to you know, <clears throat> go... Bring some yeah, joy and cheer to kids, and he did it all on his own. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of uh, appearances and charity work and all that good stuff. And uh, I think he um, started um, a cleaning company and eventually grew to, like, 300 employees. So he did well for himself, and he invested a lot of money in, you know, building these custom cars to, you know, replicate Batmobiles and the Batsuits. And he would just drive around to different, I think, hospitals or Children hospitals, clinics, or whatnot. Children yeah. hospitals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a big loss for the bat community this week. Really, that's tough. what I would do if I ever won the lottery. <laughs> Dark Knight yeah. return suit. He'd drive around <laughs> in a tank. He cleaned in the the bat armor. That's pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> he had his employees He's dressed like Alfred. In his costume. <laughs> <laughs> All his employees were dressed like Alfred. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to act like I'm some kind of elitist comic book fucking person or whatever. No, but no you are, though. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm the walrus. Robin Cross and the Trunkler are now about to take us through how Batman became a god of information in the Justice League series that is going on right now. Okay, well, basically, Metron is one of the new gods. Uh, he sits on this chair called the Mobius chair. And through the chair, he knows the history of the multiverse. 
he the the chair itself knows almost everything about everyone the only being it doesn't seem to know anything about is the anti-monitor so uh Flash forward to the Justice League uh, is basically speaking with uh, Metron and they ask him how to stop uh, Anti-Monitor. And he tells them that he's not allowed to, to tell them how, how to do this. He's there to watch, which that's basically his job, is to just observe everything that, that's happening in the multiverse. Yeah, so he's there... Oh, sorry. Didn't he no, travel? No. Um... no, go go ahead, Scott. Oh no, sorry. Um, didn't um, didn't he travel to the Justice League to? I mean, yeah, he did say that he's there to just observe, but he actually went to Justice League and tried to give him a warning because the Anti Monitor is a being that even he doesn't fully know, but he just knows that the Anti Monitor is just. You know, a bringer of chaos, um, you know, just uh, he thrives on destruction and death and total annihilation. So I think he actually came to the Justice League to kind of give them a warning of this being that's coming and uh, about how him and how this anti-monitor and Darkseid will be clashing on Earth and the earth will be no more because due to this battle, this war that's about to take place. And essentially when they ask him how to, how to stop it, he tells yeah. them that he can't, he can't be that directly involved as to tell them how. So Wonder Woman uh, throws the lasso on him, I think was what happened mm -hmm. first. And, yeah. uh, uh, did she ask him, uh, how do we make you tell us or something? Yeah, but... Uh, because um, then he says, uh, you know, by taking the chair. Yeah, because Metron, even he was able to not fully succumb to the, you know, Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. He still, you know, obviously, obviously what Robin said, you know, when they asked him that question, he did say, well the answers are in the chair pretty much so then they yank his ass out of the chair <laughs> and and before anyone else can even react batman just jumps in the chair wait wasn't there like um a moment of confusion and nobody knew what to do and then batman was just like ah oh, fuck it and then just jumped in the seat yeah it, it was pretty 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 fast though he just kind of i i think he knew beforehand that okay as soon as this guy's out of the chair i'm taking it well, nobody yeah, else even, is qualified to get in the chair but him, of course. Yeah. <laughs> or even uh, Wonder Woman tried, you know, um, I remember there's a panel after they yanked Metron out of the, the Mobius chair. Um, I think there's a panel that looks like Wonder Woman's, you know, kind of taking steps forward, but Batman is, you know, a few steps ahead of her. And I think Wonder Woman even says, you know, tries to tell Batman not to get in the chair, but he does anyway. And then it, it, he almost... It, <laughs> Rob, remember when he was remember when Ben was in the chair and he was testing the chair's knowledge. Yeah. No, you know yeah, what? Go ahead. Go take us through what happens after he sits in the chair. Okay. Well, basically, uh, he lights up the, like the chair. Uh, the power of the chair starts shooting through him, and this light is coming out of him and through his suit. 
And he starts talking about how all of this information is being you know, fed into him. And his first instinct is to mistrust it. So he decides to test the chair. So he asks the chair uh, who killed his parents. And then he says it, it, it answers him in his mind. So, you know, we, we don't see the answer. But he asks the chair who killed his parents. And he says, correct, Joe Chill. Yeah. And then he does a follow-up question, which was <laughs> kind of unnecessary, yeah, but I guess he wanted to know. He asks the chair, what is the real the true identity of the Joker? And then he's obviously floored by the answer he gets. Yeah. But they don't say it. Of course. Nah. Yeah. It, Do you think recovered. that's where, you know, people have or there's been a rumor Joker origin story? Do you think this could tie into that? It could definitely. It's a, they could go anywhere with it, or they yeah. could not even follow up on it. Because after this, I mean, let's just say, assuming Batman does get out of the chair, or is forced out, or volunteers to get out, or what have you, I wonder if he'll still have that knowledge of what the chair told him. And if so, oh, he's not uh, getting yeah. out of that chair. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just the question itself is very revealing about, you know, Batman's frame of mind, you know. Almost uh, his obsession. I think yeah. that would be the first question he would ask. Yeah, that was kind of the first thing. Yeah, I think he was satisfied that the chair was giving him truth as soon as it uh, knew about his parents' killer. It knew Joe Chill. Right. And do so you think then that th- maybe that was the reason why he jumped in the chair so quick is that Ultimately, that was some information that he knew the chair could give him. Yeah, I think uh, Batman knows that one of his greatest weapons is always uh, his knowledge. And Mm -hmm. being the ultimate source for knowledge, uh, this chair is obviously something that he wants to have over anyone else. Yeah. But even in, um, Robin, did you notice in, uh, in 43, it's almost like... I got this vibe that Batman has kind of changed a little bit because he's all known because now he you know knows the answers. Like even in issue forty three, somebody uh, Miracle Man appears, and you know everyone in the Justice League is saying, "Whoa, who are you?" And then Batman, before you know Miracle Man starts to answer, and then Batman cuts him off and says, "Oh, he's Miracle Man. His real name yeah. is Scott Frey." Blah blah. And he said, "It was almost almost kind of like a." I kind of got the vibe like it was almost like a not not cockiness, but you know, yeah, like he, he was he was kind of talking down higher and higher above them, and literally <laughs> talking down to them. Well, he's always kind of he's always kind of talked down to the league in some way because you know they always treat him like oh you're the guy with no powers you can't do nothing, and then ultimately he does. But it's almost like that that cockiness is kind of what keeps him level you know or it's almost like a leash he kind of pulls every now and then you know because intellectually he's he's basically their superior and now with the chair they can't fuck with him yeah. <laughs> and they, they start to question like they the other members are warning him specifically green lantern is mm-hmm. uh, questioning his his ability to handle the chair and is trying to convince him to get out uh, he says you know my ring should be able to access uh, the information in the chair 
and he just kind of shoots Green Lantern down. He just, I think he just refers to him as Jordan. Yeah. And uh, tells him that the chair is mine now and that your ring couldn't uh, handle all of the information. It's almost like the ring in Lord of the Rings. It's kind of twisting his mind where he's becoming the, the new threat. It, it could, yeah. If he if he keeps uh, letting it get to him this way, he the mm-hmm. first thing he does is is claim that it's his, and he justifies that uh, his decision to take it by telling him that he has more experience with Dark Side and Apocalypse than almost any of them. And even Cyborg tries to, you know, jump in by saying, "Yeah, but you know, I'm the only one who's been quote unquote hooked." into the alien technology. Oh, no, um, you know, and Cyborg tries saying that, but, I mean, Batman doesn't even, <laughs> he doesn't even acknowledge, um, acknowledge uh, Cyborg's statement at all. Yeah, and Cyborg did also say, uh, if anyone is, if any one of us are able to, would be able to handle the chair, it would be you. But uh, they're basically all trying to convince him that it, it's not worth it. Uh, I think uh, I think it's Hal that says uh, you don't want to risk it doing any permanent damage to you. Mm. Jeff Johns is certainly a writer that he can handle all the different characters. You know, uh, there's a, there's very few writers that seem to be able to carry like <laughs> a story and plot with so many characters, like the Justice League, and then it goes beyond like that. Justice League. The Dark Side War. Has anyone read um, Batman Arkham Knight today? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, talk to me. I <laughs> want it to be over. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Rich is the angry comic book guy. <laughs> I'm not. I just, I don't know, man. I'm like. Is that because actually, the game's already out and you kind of already know what's going on? He ain't even beat the game. He, like, played. 20% and said... I'm at 42%. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Rich a little bit. I mean, you know, it's it kind of feels like it's just kind of dragging on. Um, it is. Yeah, there's I'm some, just waiting there's for it, cool parts. Um, you know, the, the artwork is, you know, still pretty good. Um, well, you know what I they're mean, doing it's... with this issue and um, what's called oh, uh, Gotham Reborn is uh, they're segueing in Suicide Squad. And I think they're yeah, prepping that I know because so. of all the movie hype and all. Uh, I think uh, the the Arkham Knight, the the current Arkham Knight comic, being a prequel for the game, it definitely should have been completed before the game came out. Absolutely. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, for that. But if there's money to be made, then you know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think they should have made that money before the game came out. It, I, you know, I have I nothing that's... to look forward to in the the books now. Mm. You know, I, I, I think one got, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I was gonna say he's got a good point because um, I think it would have boosted sales if they would have brought it out before the game's release. Because mm-hmm. I think now, like what you're, you know, what you guys are saying, I mean, you know, um, like what Robin said, you know, that he's not. There's nothing really to look forward to because the game's already out. I've already played the game. You know, I already know what happens, so you know what happens in these yeah. remaining issues is of no consequence, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, it just doesn't give any <laughs> reason to to keep going, you know, to to keep um, you interested. Well, with this um, Gotham Reborn thing, they seem to be gear, um, gearing it for a Suicide Squad. 
I wonder if they're going to take over and just like morph it into something like that to build up towards the movie. Or I don't, I don't the, dude, Marvel does that with every time a movie yeah. comes out, there's a book coming out. So yeah. uh, I see their strategy in it, but it doesn't mean it's a good read. <laughs> right. There was one panel that I really liked from uh, Arkham Knight number seven, Gotham Reborn, was... um. When that guy is, uh, he takes Batman in his apartment and he's trying to help him get back on his feet and get his head together. And and he says, Batman doesn't need to be real for me to believe in him. Yeah, actually, I thought you were going to say the part where, you know, Batman's eating the soup and the guy's like, ah, you shouldn't have eaten that soup. And then Batman is like, oh, fuck. And the old guy's like, I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That that whole part was actually a cool part of it. And I don't hate the Suicide Squad or whatever. And <laughs> the guy goes, "When I'm done with you, Arkham... they'll call you Superman." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a fucking real knee cracker there. <laughs> My favorite part of the comic was the Dark Knight Three commercial. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's the only reason I bought it. I think sales of the comic dictate a lot of, you know, you know, just like what Rich said earlier with the Deadpool and the Harley Quinn. If they find something that works and, and sells, they're going to keep making more. And, you know, with Injustice, you know, it's it's the same characters in a different point of view and with different traits. And it's something interesting that, you know, people really like. So they're going to keep making it. I don't get it because the Catwoman series is amazing right now. And why oh, can't yeah. the Harley Quinn series be good? And I'm actually worried, man. I told you guys that Ivy's be becoming a lot... Uh, her popularity is growing more and more recently. And I'm worried that she might get a book because... Uh, oh, man, if She's they good. do it to her what they did to Harley, I'll just be so heartbroken. Man. Well, they're going to do, I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, dear old Kerb will probably know for sure. That they're doing a one shot of her, and they'll really? probably see how that sells, and then go from there. Dude, it's gonna sell. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> and you're gonna buy it. Force Radio. <laughs> well, it's just like when um, I was talking to some. I told you guys before. I was talking to some guys in my shop, and uh, about the whole back, you know, the the whole Batgirl series and the direction it's going with the Burnside and the new creative team that Batgirl was getting the axe. You know, they were told issue 30 something is the last issue. So here, I forgot who is it? Becky Cloonan and, uh, uh, Cameron Stewart. Aren't they? I think that's the team that's on Batgirl. They basically were given this title and background said, you know what, do whatever the hell you guys want with her because she's getting the axe. We're canceling our series. So they said, okay, well, fuck it. Let's do this. Just says, like, uh, oh, well, we can do whatever we want. And bam, it started selling. And then they said, well, we can't cancel this title. So now, you know, that's like, you know, DCC's, oh, this works. So let's try it with Starfire. Let's try it with Bizarro and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm all for, you know, female characters, you know, having a good selling title. But just don't make them... Okay, we we all. It's almost insulting in a way, right? If you're a female reader, it's like you you wait so long for you know female representation in comics, and then this is what they offer. That's that's kind of insulting, I would think. No, I mean, 
we we all know Harley's crazy and insane, but she doesn't have to be like stupid, like goofy, insane. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what they turned her into. And look at Wonder Woman. Case closed. I mean, uh, for I, I didn't read Wonder Woman before uh, Meredith and David Finch, you know, started, but Fucking I heard nothing amazing, but dude. Thing. Yeah, Th- that's got to be a. Awesome, uh, a crazy dude. Dynamic. Azarello on that book was amazing, and there was no like, oh, uh, this is like fucking. Oh, I'm gonna be funny and you know be all girly and shit. She was just a badass dude, and she's fighting <laughs> gods. And you definitely ain't gonna see that with any of these books that are coming out there. Like Bat said, they're aimed at people that are just like, oh, this is good, but I mean, really, it's. It's just fucking shit. <laughs> you heard the man. There's no other way to put it. I mean, it's just awful. Yeah. Let's go beyond Gotham. What else you guys reading? I, I picked up a a title that uh, today that comes out. It doesn't come out every month, but I picked it up a few times. It's from Antarctic Press, which is actually a, a Texas-based publisher. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Steam Detective. Have you guys ever seen that? Hmm. Uh, no? I've oh. seen a couple. I've seen it. We have a couple people at the shop that, that pull it. Yeah, they're really well written, and the art is really cool. And basically, it's like Sherlock Holmes, steam, steampunk style. And, you know, it kind of <clears throat> follows the adventures of, of him and Watson. And uh, it's in all black and white. And, you know, it kind of has that uh, British vernacular, like what we hear from Shags. So <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I've got a couple of issues, and I've, I really want to find the rest of the series. But it's pretty good. Nice. Sherlock Holmes, Steam Detective. Descender. Ah, uh, Descender. I know Rich has been re- reading Descender. Jeff Lemire yeah. Butte. Destiny. I'm so far behind the Sunder. Uh, I, I read issue one, and I think I bought issue two, but I never officially put it on my pull list. So every time it comes out, I don't realize it until Bad and Rich are, and Tom are talking about the Sunder, and it's like, fuck, I forgot it. <laughs> That's so good, man. I don't know, man. The way Lemire just builds a story, it's fucking excellent. I love it. Need more and nameless. Where the fuck you at, oh. Grant Morrison? Yeah, yeah. There's was... a, there's a lot more a writer can do with their creator-owned characters than they can do with commercial characters. Yeah, because every any anything anything like any Batman title, if a if a writer's working on Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, anything like that, anything that they do with the character when they're writing. It all has to get cleared through, like the legal department or something at the publisher, to make sure yeah, that there's what they're doing with the character, yeah, all mm-hmm. that stuff that they're doing with the character has to like pass, kind of like a quality control, because they have to make sure that this is within the bounds of what okay. the the company wants the character to do. Tony Daniel said before his new Deathstroke title started, you can see the difference in what's allowed between one character and another, even at the same publisher. Uh, Tony referred to being able to do a lot of things in this Deathstroke title that he never would have been able to do in his Batman. 
Like what? Like cutting someone's head off or yeah, pretty much <laughs> shooting someone in the face or yeah, and blood and Deathstroke swings his sword and you see an arm. He seems he's got this uh, thing called a, was it God Killer sword? Yeah, he's, the sword. He swings it at these three guys and you see an arm, a head, a torso, and it's like, damn. <laughs> I need to I mean, read that, this. That sounds that, awesome. <laughs> that Tony Daniel Deathstroke. That stroke run is mm-hmm. fucking awesome. It's like an action movie. And, it uh, sucks, and though, because he's leaving, I thought. I think at issue 10. Yeah, yeah I think he's, he's uh, off it, but, um, moving on to. He was going to something else. Eternal. Just grab the trade, man. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, Eternal. Hey, um, I know Rich has read it. Ben, have you read Beauty? Oh, yeah, man. I like the concept. Oh, I'm, uh, I dig. I really dig the first issue. What is it? Free- Beauty. Beauty. Oh, beauty. I didn't hear you. Uh, yeah, that. I really dig that. Yeah, That's for you listeners stuff. out there, um, the story, it's pretty much about a global STD, but the outcome of it is that you get more attractive when you contract this STD. So it's kind of interesting to see where this book's going to go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it backfires. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Shoot your dick off. <laughs> Dick will fly off the handle. Scott. <laughs> just started, um, last thing I need is another indie, but I just started reading a Empty Zone by Jason Sean Alexander. If you like sex, ghosts, and robots, then uh, <laughs> this is your book, man. Artwork's really good, too. When you said, uh, who's the guy who did it? Jason? Jason Sean Alexander. <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid. The first person I thought was Costanza. I was gonna say <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for this episode of Bat Force Radio. Keep tuning in as we prepare for so much more to come with Batman, including major story countdowns, Batman and Robin Eternal, the Gotham TV show, uh, the Batman vs Superman movies creeping up, and just so much more that has to do with the world of Batman. Hit us up at uh, the Bat Force over on Instagram and the underscore Bat Force over on Twitter. The Bat Force and the extended Bat Force family all over the world send our condolences to the family and friends of Lenny Robinson, aka the Route 29 Batman, and our beloved Yvonne Craig, aka Batgirl. Until next time, friends, take it easy and enjoy life.